You're listening to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. Welcome to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Bishop. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. I'm glad that you're hanging out with us because each week I invite a guest onto the show to talk about a topic that is meant to be a catalyst for growth in our lives, to spark ideas, get unstuck, and gain new insights that compel us to action as we journey together to play full out and live fully into who we were created to be. Hey, thanks for rating this podcast and as always, sharing the love with others. Hey, question for you. Anybody listening out there struggle with fear? Like the fear of failure, maybe the fear of loneliness, loss, rejection, unfulfilled dreams, maybe even the fear of not measuring up? Let's face it, there is no shortage of things to fear in life, and fear can feel like an unwelcomed, constant, nagging companion that paralyzes our actions and really steals our joy and hinders our faith. Well, on today's show, I have invited Trillia Newbell to talk about her book, Fear and Faith, Finding the Peace Your Heart Craves. And today we're going to talk about what to do when fear strikes, because the reality is this side of heaven, it will. And how do we experience peace when fear Fear comes. Well, a little bit more about Trillia. She is also the author of the kids' book, God's Very Good Idea, as well as Enjoy, Finding the Freedom to Delight Daily in God's Good Gifts, and United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity. Her writings on issues of faith, family, and diversity have been published in Desiring God, True Women, Christianity Today, The Gospel Coalition, and more. She has spoken at numerous conferences, churches, women's retreats, colleges, and seminaries, including True Women and the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference. She's currently the Director of Community Outreach for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. Her greatest love, besides God, is her family, and she is married to her best friend and love, Thurn. They reside with their two children near Nashville, Tennessee. Well, Trillia, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello, hello. So good to have you on. I was excited to read your book, Fear and Faith. And as we were just chatting a little bit before uh, the taping of this podcast, I know you've written a book called Enjoy, which is very, very intriguing to me as well, and how to find freedom and delight and daily in God's good gifts. But today we're gonna we're gonna talk about fear and faith. But before we launch into that, what's new in your world these days? What are you up to? Sure. Thanks. That's a great question. Well, um, right now, yeah, I am currently working on a Bible study with Moody Publishers that I'm looking forward to getting finished. And I am, um, I think you've already mentioned it, a mom of two lovely uh, children and the wife of a uh, man I've been married to for fi- about 15 years now. And and so I'm just up to writing and speaking and enjoying um, the sun. <laughs> I'm with you on the. I'm with you on the sunshine. Yes. And how old are your kids? Um, my son is almost twelve in July, and wow. my daughter is eight. Wow. And like, what? Like, what are twelve year olds and eight year olds like? What? Are, what? What are they into these days? Oh, <laughs> okay. So my twelve year old, he. I don't know if he's typical twelve year old boy, but he he's brilliant. So he he's really interested in 
um, history and talking about ancient Rome. And he's just really unique. And oh my goodness. Funny. <laughs> yes. And, um, and right now he's, uh, it's funny. He, he, tries to do some kind of push up every night. So his arm muscles get strong. Oh my gosh. I love him already. That's so awesome. Yeah. It's probably a preteen thing. And then my (laughs) daughter is, um, she's, she's really, she's really bright and brilliant as well, but she's also, she's, she's very typical girl where she's always doing cartwheels and splits and dancing and, and wants to hang out with her girlfriends. So she's, (laughs) that's, yeah, that's my daughter. You know what? I used to do cartwheels and round-offs, and then we become adults. And why does that ever stop? I mean, it's so fun. You know what? I think it. You would. I. I can. I still do them. Oh wow! Well, maybe. Maybe you and I need to hang out, and you can rub off on me. <laughs> yeah, I. I am. Uh, I just think these. I think it's my my kids, they're just employed. They have so much energy. And so we go out and we ride bikes together. And, but I, I do agree. I think, um, and this is, it's actually written more in my book in joy. I think we lose the wonder. We, we lose delight as we get older and trials begin to, to, um, I guess come to, to be almost the, the thing we think about, every single day. We're thinking about our trials, our sufferings, sorrows, uh, things that we have to get done. And we, we can lose the wonder of just living and enjoying life and, and, um, that childlike play. And I write a lot about that in enjoy, which I, I know we're not talking about today, but, but I agree. I agree. And there's something about children that's enable you to remember to wonder. Yeah. Well, you know, let's hang out on that for a couple minutes because I, I think that that's an important topic, especially as we lead into fear, because fear and enjoy kind of are a little bit opposed to each other. We, you know, we don't enjoy being fearful, but right. talk a little bit more about that, that concept, because your, your book enjoy, as you mentioned in the tagline is finding the freedom to delight daily in God's good gifts. I just, you know, I've just really noticed with the, the women that I um, have the absolute privilege of, of working with here, being on staff at Park, and then my friends. I, I just, you know what? I just feel like there's this, they're, they're, the joy is missing. And, and we're followers of Jesus. And we're not, like, we're not experiencing that joy or, joy or in, enjoying, you know, even as you say in the opening of your book, you know, sunsets, sharing a laughter with a friend, you know, each, each day being full of opportunities to savor the countless gifts that we've been given. But why is it so hard? I think there's a number of things. I I really believe we have to fight to remember the Lord. Um, I think we have to fight to remember uh, even uh, our self, our great salvation. And th- that scripture that says, return the joy of my salvation is something that I think about often is that we, 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 we wake up and we're already in a war Hmm. to remember, to remember, to delight, to remember, to enjoy. And I believe it starts with God, just enjoying him, enjoying who he is and what he's accomplished for us. And that we don't have to earn favor before him because Jesus has already done it. So I think one is just remembering our, our, that joy. And then I, I really do believe that, and that the, the trials of this world can, can, can put a fog Mm. 
on the joys of this world. So because we have so many things that we're thinking about and that we'll, we're weighing through that we're considering, um, from miscarriages to the death of, of, um, a, a, and it's a loved one to assault. There's lots going on. And, and so I believe that the trials of this world can lead us to, to forget all that God is, is doing and has done. And so we can become a bit focused on the already and forget about the not yet. Mm. (laughs) So we're, we're focusing, focusing. And when I say already, that actually is a positive, but I think we can focus on the what's happening right now and forget that God is with us in our, our suffering and trials and forget about the, the glory to come. And, um, and that we're living in that tension, but we need to, yeah, we need to, to begin to take our gaze off of ourselves and off of our circumstances and put them on the Lord. And I think when we do that, when we exercise that more, we can't help but be grateful and thankful, but it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of training, I think in our minds and speaking truth to ourselves. There's a quote that I have heard that, um, we spend too much time thinking rather than speaking to ourselves. Hmm. And, and I believe that's true that if we are, if we are, if we get caught up in, in our thoughts that can sometimes become untrue thoughts, we've got to speak truth into our minds, into our hearts. And, and that, um, as we're speaking those things, we can remember the promises of God. We can remember that he will finish the good work that he began. We can remember that he has only good things for us. Um, if he is for us, who can be against us? These are things that we need to preach to our hearts so that we can enjoy today and do not worry about tomorrow. So there's just lots that I think as adults, we have a lot more just sorrows and trials that we have to work through. So for the women who are struggling with finding joy, mm-hmm. I would I would encourage her and as I encourage my own heart to preach the gospel to myself, to remember this great salvation and then to um ask God to give me eyes to see the goodness around me. Mm-hmm. That that fog could be lifted so that I can be be thankful in all all things as he's commanded us to do. Yeah. I was uh, actually with a group of gals last night and we were talking about like the, like the, the spiritual life, like our, our relationship with Christ is it's really a discipline and we, we don't, I don't think we like to, to think about, but any relationship actually requires certain habits and certain disciplines. And, and, you know, if we don't, you know, discipline our mind. If we don't train our mind, it's so easy for our minds to fall into that rut and to look for the th- only the things that aren't going the way they, that we think that they should go rather than looking for the fact that God in every moment and even in moments of um, challenging circumstances, God's provision is always available. And I, I confess, I have a hard time seeing it myself sometimes, you know, but it, it is, it really is disciplining and, you know, being transformed as God's word says by the renewing of our mind, which in some ways sounds like kind of the Christian pat answer, but it's the gospel. It's the truth, right? That we have to, as you said, we have to preach, we have to preach the gospel to ourselves. And, and sometimes I think we, we think that 
you know, we're just going to automatically, you know, feel a certain way. And then our, our feelings, you know, dictate how we, we see certain situations rather than like really, again, developing that discipline. And as you said, God, will you, I know your glory is everywhere. I know you are faithful. Will you like unveil my eyes and my heart to see your goodness because your goodness never goes away. It's always there. It is. It is. It's always there. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. So, so we, it's always before us. And yet it's so hard to see if we are not looking and if we are not actively pursuing, um, a, a, a mind and and our hearts that, that is, um, is searching for this, for, for God. I think you, you said something earlier that struck me. I, I think we do forget often that we are to love God with our minds. Mm. Um, our minds are a part of loving God with our heart, soul, mind, strength, that, you know, this commandment to love God first above all things. And so it is absolutely essential that we, I mean, God talks about the mind, take captive every thought, um, think true thoughts, uh, think on things that are lovely, that are good, that are et cetera, et cetera. So, so there is, there is something about the mind that really controls our hearts, that controls our actions, that controls our fears, which we're going to talk about. And so I, I think that, um, that as we begin to talk and preach and ask God to help transform our, our minds, I believe that we can begin to delight and enjoy today. Otherwise I do, I think it's, it's hard. So we do, we need to discipline our minds. We need, we need to, to ask God for help that he would not just transform our hearts, but transform our minds. And he will, he promises to finish the good work he began. So if we ask, he's going to hear our prayers by the grace of God, and he's going to transform us from one degree of glory to the next. Right. And, and being grateful and there, you know, we've heard a lot about gratitude and, but it's so important. It's like, Lord, help me, help me to see. And it's, it, it doesn't even have to be huge things. It could be like, I'm grateful that it's 80 degrees and not 50 yes. today. You know what I mean? Sometimes we think like our gratitude list has to be like these like earth shattering things that happen every day, but it could be like the birds chirping, but just realizing that God's presence is everywhere and, you know, focusing on, on gratitude, focusing on praising God, even, even when we don't feel like it, because often we won't, but it is, it is a matter of discipline. Well, let's, let's transition to, to fear, because I think fear, as you mentioned too, it, it does steal our joy. And the reality is, I don't think, and maybe I, don't, I think you would agree with the statement. We are going to have fear of the side of heaven. It's not like we we totally get rid of fear. It's like, what do we do when we're noticing that fear is starting to creep in and try and take over? But I, I'm, I'm curious to know what what prompted you to write a book on faith and fear? Yeah. So what prompted me is simply that I struggle with fear. Hmm. And it is something that I have struggled with and battled my whole entire life in different ways, obviously. And it's something that I, every time I speak with a woman, she may not call it fear, but at the, at the root, when we get to keep talking, she's afraid of something and that's leading her to anxiety and worry and discouragement. And, and so I, I think it, it, touches so our lives so deeply in so many different areas and mine personally that I thought that it would be something that could encourage 
those who read and, and to know you're not alone. That's something that I have, um, received so many emails from women who, who, who would say, I felt like you were reading my mail (laughs) because they haven't necessarily shared it, but they're, they felt like they were alone and we're not, you're not alone there. I don't know of anyone who doesn't in some degree struggle with fear. And so for me, I just knew that it was something that I could speak to and hopefully encourage others in. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I think sometimes we think, oh, she has it all together. Like she doesn't struggle with fear. And to your point, like every single person that has a pulse struggles with some level of fear. Right. And I struggle, I struggle with fear. And when I tell people that they look at me like cross-eyed, I'm like, oh, girl, if you only knew the tapes that play on in my mind on repeat, you know, when it comes to fear. So that just by simply like confessing it out loud that we, we wrestle with this, it, it almost uh, gives other people permission to talk about it too. Because when we don't talk about these things, they just encroach on us and then we got to bring it out into the light. Absolutely. And God, he is, um, he works in the light and it is so good when you just get things in, in the light, you can comfort with the comfort that you've received from Christ and you're able to, and God says that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. And so that's first John one nine. So we can, we can, we don't have to be afraid to, to be honest and open and real about what we struggle with, including fear. And, and we will see very quickly where other people might struggle again, different degrees of struggle. There's some people who are paralyzed by fear where some, someone else might, um, they might feel a, a bit of anxiety and then are able to press on quickly. So, so it's different levels, but, or different degrees, but we still need the same God. Right, right. Well, you know, and one of the things, why, here's a question that I, 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 I wrestle with and I think others do. And if, if we're women of faith and, you know, I'm, I'm spending time in the word in my quiet time and I'm doing everything I can, you know, to do my part to, to, you know, thrive in my relationship with Christ, Holy Spirit, God, why, why is faith still knocking at our door? You know, our fear. I, I, Why is fear still knocking at our door? Yeah. Yeah. I thought of three different characters or there's probably a thousand in the Bible, but the first thing that came to my mind as I knew where you were going <laughs> and I thought, Oh, Sarah, think about Sarah. It, Peter describes her as a woman who, um, did not fear what was frightening. So she, she was still battling, but she didn't fear because she had placed her trust and hope in the Lord. So she was looking towards God, but it took an effort to look towards God. And then I think about Paul who says, I want to do what's right, but, but sin is lurching right beside me. Evil's right there. I mean, there is a battle. There's a battle in the Christian life. And then the person who confessed, I, I believe, help my unbelief. (laughs) So there is the Christian life. We don't become Christians and then we're perfect. Yeah. We are, we are becoming more and more like Christ in our walk, but it takes faith. Mm. It takes faith to walk out this race. And that's why you hear things like keep running the race, (laughs) run with endurance because 
because we, there's actually something that we have to do. We, there's still a battle. There's still a fight there. And it's not until we will see Jesus that all of our fear, all of our whatever we else we struggle with will be gone. Until then, we are women of faith and we are going to continue to fight. We're going to continue to fight with the faith that we have. And um, we ask God for help for this. But no one will ever arrive None of us are perfect. And that's why we can be honest before the Lord. I think it's, I love the Psalms where um, you see so much crying out, mm-hmm. crying out an honesty about where they are, but then uh, singing hope to their hearts at the end. My hope is in you, Lord, almighty God. You know, so the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. We just have to pr- pray these things, but, but my point is, is that there, the walk of faith is exactly that. We see in a glass dimly and we have to continue fighting for faith. And we ask God to enable us to fight this fight of faith. Yeah. And in remembering what's true. And I think, you know, sometimes when we, you know, become followers of Jesus, no one tells us like, by the way, you're going to face temptation and trials and, you know, and so forth. Like we don't talk about that part and then we get in it. We're like, something must be wrong. And it's like, no, to your point, there are so many examples in, in God's word that show us that, you know, this walk of faith, this, it is a race. It's, it's like a, it's a, it's a marathon where you're going to need a water station. You're going to need a bathroom break. You're going to maybe need to walk a little bit. Stop. Absolutely. I mean, there are just, there's so many facets. What, what are some of the, the fears that you've struggled with over the years? Um, I was just going to say also real quick that you might also finish, go to the finish line crawling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that That's true. And that like, that's not like, there's nothing wrong, but like that, that's not a bad thing. It's like that, that could be the, the kind of the, the outcome of running the race really hard. Like we're like, we, we crawl against the finish line. We don't, uh, but we're still victorious in the crawl, right? At, amen. We are still <laughs> victorious in the crawl. Okay. Some fears of mine. I, when I, I have fought this and I feel like the Lord, I will, I would never say has lifted it, but man, as we, as we fight, I think God, he's just, makes it quicker. Uh, I can quick, I can see the temptation to fear people, the fear of man mm-hmm. quicker. And because I can see it quicker, I can sm- smash it quicker. But that was probably one of my uh, greatest fears when I first became a Christian. I was so aware of what people thought of me. Yeah, I was so aware of it. And it would motivate my actions. I I would think, Oh, I need to be like this. So that person accepts me, or I need to speak like this so that it seems like I'm, I'm godly. Or I I was just really tempted to, to fear what other people thought of me. And I realized that what, what really was going on was that I was worshiping people and not God. Hmm. And people had become my little G gods and the Lord over the years, just so gracious to kill this sin in my heart. Um, and I think one way is just revealing and reminding myself that the foot, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And so I don't, there's no need for me to try to please people. The only thing that is important is how God sees me. And he sees me as covered in Christ's righteousness, um, which 
is um, ridiculous to me. (laughs) It's amazing. What amazing grace. So the fear of man would be something that the Lord has really helped me to fight. Um, I would say also the fear of the future mixed with the fear of tragedy. It would mostly be probably the fear of tragedy. I remember when my husband first started traveling, the moment he would walk out of the door, it would take two seconds. And I was so anxious. Hmm. I, I had buried him. I had figured out who was going to speak at his funeral. I would just, my mom would go straight to tragedy. I was so nervous because I was young mom. And I just thought, Oh, what if he doesn't come back? Mm. And so I would be tempted to this terrible despair, which was obviously just, I was not trusting God with my life, with my husband's life, with my kids' lives. Um, and, and it would be, it was a absolute ridiculous. So what would, what, how that would manifest itself would be if he didn't call me Once he arrived, wherever he was going, I was just certain I needed to call all the hospitals. I was like, no. So, so that is a fear that paralyzed me for some time. And I, again, God has helped me fight that fear. And I now, I no longer am, I'm concerned, obviously I'd love for him to always return, (laughs) but it's not fear. It's not this fear that I I'm okay by the grace of God. Um, so I would say those are probably two that were the hardest. And I think the fear of tragedy came because I've experienced tragedy. Hmm. And so I didn't want to feel the way I felt. And I, I really believe that is, was what was motivating that fear was that I just didn't want to battle, um, battle loss. Okay. So I've had four miscarriages. My father passed away when I was 19 Mm. and, and my oldest sister passed away when she was at on her birthday, which is just terrible about six years ago. Mm. And so I, 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 the loss, the feeling of loss is so intense. I just, I'm, confident that that was what was driving that fear when my husband would travel that I know long, but now I'm, I'm, God is just, he's just comforted me so much, um, that I, I, I now can trust him. Should a trial like that come again? Um, I, I know that he will be near to me. He's near to the brokenhearted. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. I really just appreciate your, your vulnerability in that and just, you know, just the losses that you have experienced. And it's, it's almost like you said, we're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop of all to experience the pain. And I just don't know if I can experience it again. I'm, I'm wondering practically because, you know, we say, you know, being God's word, pray, praise him, et cetera, are, are things that we need to really cultivate in our relationship with God, especially as it relates to fear. And, and I'm curious from, from a, like a practical perspective, like what, what were the things that Trillia did to be now in this space where you, where fear doesn't have so much of a, a, a grip on you? Like what, what, share with our listeners, like say someone's, maybe they're battling with this fear of tragedy. I know I have one girlfriend when she was married early on, she actually shared the same fear that, that her husband would pass away and she'd be left alone. So we're all, we're all dealing with our own 
fear. And even in your book, you talk about uh, the fear of not measuring up, the fear of sexual intimacy, the fear of other women, the fear of the future, et cetera. What, what are some practical things that we can do or, or think about to, to be able to kind of minimize fear's impact? Um, I think one of the things, and I've mentioned the Psalms maybe at least twice already, yeah. is get in the Psalms and see that you can be miserable, but you don't want to stay miserable. <laughs> I think there's something that is just really great about the laments and, and learning to lament and learning to cry out to God. So for me, um, after my second miscarriage, I, I, I read about, um, Jesus who, who would be, was in the garden weeping and, and I, and he relates to my sorrows. And so I learning about, um, the character of God, but I also realized that I did not have to muster up some false strength that I didn't have. Mm. I could be weak and when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And it was, it was good to know that in my weakness, God was needing me and that he was not asking me to be more than I could, could be, or do more than I could do besides cry and cry out to him. So I think that's one of the things that you, that especially women who we, we want to, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps to some degree and, and, we want, well, that's, that could also, that could be anyone. And and we, we want to be strong, but God says in his word, it's so the opposite of what the world tells us. So one, practically speaking, I would say, um, you, you preach to yourself mm-hmm. that you can be weak. So mm-hmm. one way to do that is to read the Psalms and learn to lament and, and, to be okay with crying out to the Lord with an honest prayer, yeah. not just a Christianized prayer, right? Um, okay. Right, or the put on the happy face thing. Like, yeah. oh, oh, I, you know, I'm facing tragedy, but you know what? God is faithful and I'm going to be okay. Yes. Like, it's like, no, cry, lay on the floor, weep, do like God, he, like God, like you said earlier, is near to the broken heart and he wants us to just come to him fully and not have this like plastic version. No one's attracted to that. I mean, like, like we think we're doing that so that, you know, we're a good Christian, but other people are like, man, I just want humanity. I want like, show, show me, like, I, I want to like, I, I want you and in, in the authentic, authentic experience that you're having, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I will just say, just in case there are people who mourn differently. Yeah. And so there might be someone who, who can quickly have great joy in their midst of their sorrows. But if you are privately mourning and weeping, but then publicly pretending like you have it together, that's the problem. That right. would be the problem. Right. But, but, um, with the Lord, you can, you just be honest and open. So one, I would say, um, that you can just learn to lament and to be okay with being broken. Two, I would, I would, I really do believe, um, learning about the character of God equips and readies you for trials and sorrows. So learning that, what does it mean that God is father 
What does it mean that he is sovereign? How is he good in this? Um, what does what do those things mean? I, I believe learning and, and preparing yourself now through the word um, will prepare you for the trials that you're in or that will come. So understanding the character of God, memorizing scripture, because so if you are fearful to speak truth to yourself immediately is helpful. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would, I would say, store that up, store, store up scripture. Even you can even write it down just a few. Okay. This is the truth. <laughs> I need to rip every time I think th- this, I need to replace it with this instead, which is the truth. And then I really do believe that community it, that uh, the Christian life is a community project. Right, right. We, we cannot isolate ourselves and be alone. Um, and so find someone that you can confess to, that you can t- share with, that you can be honest with, um, whether it's a one person or a, your, a small group of your people in your church or whatever it is. I think it's essential to have people that you can communicate with because we cannot walk out this life alone and God never intended it to, for us to. So I think practically speaking, finding relationships um, where you can d- dive into and be honest and open uh, is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And then how do we pray for one another and, and, and help each other not kind of stay in that pit of fear too, because I think it becomes we can just keep that conversation of fear going where that's all we're ever talking about is what we're, what we're fearing. And then we're kind of, you know, captured in fear rather than being able to kind of be released from it. Does that make sense? I mean, because sometimes the things that we talk about over and over and over again, it's like, how, how do we help each other? Well, we remind each other of the truth. <laughs> so it's just as I need to, you know, on my note cards or memorize the word as a community, how do we, in God's words, so speak the truth to one another in love? Like, how do I not try and fix you in your fear? Because I think sometimes yes. we try to advise, we try to fix, we try to say, you shouldn't fear because you're, you know, a Christian, which those things are, that's not true. But how, how do we like really hold this space for our community and for our friends, for the women who are, who are confessing their fears to us? And how do we speak truth to them and remind them of God's faithfulness, but, but not do it in a way, you know, you've ever been in a situation where you're sharing a fear and someone almost is like, well, God is faithful. He'll, he'll come through like, like not, not to, to be in the space with people that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be trite. Right, right. But to acknowledge, say, you know, I acknowledge that you are in a fearful place, committing to pray for one another, you know, uh, about our fears. And then just saying, you know, I I know that you're in a really fearful place right now. And I I hear that. I want to remind you of God's faithfulness. I know that it may not it, you may not feel that right now or may not be experiencing it, but I'm, I'm actually going to stand in the gap for you right now. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hold faith for you. I've had friends mm. tell me that as well. Um, yeah, but the whole trying to, to fix it or, you know, Christianize it away is, is, uh, yeah, that's not, not super helpful. No, it's not. I think, um, and I think it's, it can be hard for people <laughs> because they want to, especially if they're a friend, they want you to, in, to experience, I mean, a true friend will want you to experience joy. Yeah. And, and so there, there's, 
there's a uh, temptation to be like Joe's friends and say, <laughs> mm. just share all, share all the things that aren't helpful and even accuse because you're sharing so much. And so it can be, um, hard to just listen, but I do think that one of the things that as friends, if, if someone's coming to, to you sharing a fear and most of our fears, let's be honest, can be really irrational. Yeah. So it could be easy to listen to someone and be like, what? (laughs) Why? That's so stupid, you know, but, but, um, and, and there are times when, when I have shared something that I know is completely irrational, but I, if I, I know if I say it out loud, then I know I can hear myself say it and I know it's irrational and my friends and I can laugh. And because, you know, some fears are like that. Totally. Yeah. But there are other times where it it can be deep and we need to learn to be slow to speak and uh, quick to listen and, and then to, to give a gentle word if depending on what it is. So I, I definitely think that, um, being slow and, and listeners, good listeners is helpful. Right. And yeah. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. I've had some fears that I've, once I've said them out loud, that's the other thing, like say them out loud, because once you hear it or write it down and read it, you're like, girl, what on earth is that fear coming from? But sometimes in our mind, it's like this bigger thing. And then we say it out loud or write it down or someone like repeats it back to us. And we're like, Oh, yeah, that, yes. that is kind of irrational, isn't it? it thanks, is. thanks for thanks for bringing that up. Yes, but we do it with grace and tenderness. Well, in the in the handful of minutes we have left, any final encouragement for our listeners as it relates to fear and faith? You know, I I kept thinking God is with you, so I I do God is with you, so He's with you in the battle. He's with you in your sorrow. He's with you in your fear, and and. And so if there's anyone, yeah, who is sitting here and they, they're struggling and they don't know what to do, I, I just, I just want you to know that God, God is, he's with you and he's with you in this, um, in, in a unique way that maybe you don't even know. So I, I just want to pray that God would not just that you would read the scripture and read God is near to the brokenhearted. Um, or God is with you in your fear, but that you will experience it, that you will know it deeply in your bones that God is with you. Yeah. And as you said earlier in our conversation, preaching the gospel to ourselves, preaching the truth to ourselves, because those lies just want to anchor themselves. And so we have to have a truth to replace that lie. And so we, we create like new thought patterns in our lives. There's actually literally, I've, I've read books on uh, how the brain works and there's literally things called neural pathways that, you know, we have a thought long enough, it creates almost this, this highway in our brain or this rut. And so, you know, how do we create even these new neural pathways in our brain that we are being transformed because we're renewing our mind with truth? Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us today and talking about, I don't think we could ever talk about fear and faith enough because it's uh, something that we will experience this side of heaven as we talked about earlier as well. But hey, listener, just really encourage you, if you're wrestling with a fear right now, find a, a trusted friend that you 
that you've built a relationship with that you know you can confide in and just share your fear with them. Ask them if they would just hold a space for you and listen and and pray for you because as we mentioned earlier, community is super critical in this Christian walk and we need one another as we face the many trials in our faith. Well, Trilla, pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and I wish you all the best. I know you just had a a children's book released. Tell us a little bit about that before we hang up. I I heard it's uh, doing quite well. Yeah, it's been such a fun, it's so been so fun. It's called God's Very Good Idea, and it's about a true story of God's delightfully different family. And so I would love it if, if yeah, if y'all would want to check it out. It, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to write a book about God's family and how we can love one another Um all, all different, all, all different ethnicities and um, socioeconomic backgrounds and abilities. Could be a good book for your kiddos if you're a mama listening or if you have friends with kids. And you can find Trillia on uh, your website is trillianubel.com, right? You're right. So if you can spell my name, you can find me. <laughs> T-R-I-L-L-I-A-N-E-W-B-E-L-L.com to find out all the things that Trillia is up to. Well, listeners, thanks again for tuning in. I am just rooting for you, cheering you on, and praying you up so that we can live this life, like playing full out and living fully into who we were created to be. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.